Well, good morning. My name's Ben Biles, and I'm the College and Young Singles Director here at the Ridge. And before we jump into Proverbs today, I wanted to let you know about something that we're going to be doing that's super new here at the Ridge. Uh, and it's, um, it's this thing that we, we want to give you because we, we have all this great content that we're putting forth on Sunday morning. And we thought, why not give people a way to follow up with that content and think deeper with that content and be more practical and engaging that content throughout the week? So for the month of July and possibly even past that, we wanted to put out something on Tuesday and Thursday morning, uh, a devotional post that will encourage you and your faith, but also help you reflect back onto that Sunday morning message and to give you some steps to take that message more practically into your life. And we think this is gonna be a great opportunity for you to use. Uh, if you spend time with God daily, just incorporate this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you don't spend time God, with God daily, this is a great place to start. It's so simple, it's just a few, a few paragraphs that are so easy to read, so easy to think through, and just read them, pray through them, think about them, and I think it'll help you so much. So look for those this week at theridge.church messages, or just go to our website under the messages tab, you should be able to find them there. So hopefully you enjoy that this week. Uh, when I was in high school, one of my good friends came up to me one day and said, hey, Ben, we are gonna get together with a few guys tonight and play some video games. If you wanna come, you're definitely invited to join us. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that sounds like fun. Like, I like to play video games, especially in high school. I was like, that sounds like a good time. Let's go check it out and see what it's all about. And I said that on the surface, but inside my heart, I was just a little bit anxious because this was not a crowd that I was used to hanging out with. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we would get along at all. And I was kind of a little nervous, if I'm being honest, about fitting in with these guys. But I go over there, we, we hang out for uh, you know, a while playing video games, and it was actually kind of fun. But after the games were all over, one of the guys had brought this movie, and he wanted to watch it with our whole group. But it was the kind of movie, I guess I'll just say, the kind of movie that's extraordinarily inappropriate material, right? The kind of movie you don't uh, want your teenage sons to watch. Uh, and uh, they got together, they were watching it, and I was just thinking, this is such a strange moment. And as a young believer, I was thinking, you know, I, I don't need to be here for this. I, I don't want to watch this. So I went and got my friend, I said, hey man, can we, like, can we go? And he said, okay, sure, and, and then we left. And that was what I thought was the end of it, but I couldn't imagine the consequences of that decision because they noticed that I left, they noticed my lack of interest, and they said, you know what? That Ben guy, he's just one of those holier-than-thou kind of Christian guys who thinks he's better than us, and you know, I don't know if we should be friends with him, and needless to say, I wasn't really invited back to that house to play games again. And I, that night, I remember thinking, and throughout this stage of life, I remember thinking um, that there are consequences to our friendships. There are consequences uh, in those relationships with those who we call friends. Because when we get together with our friends uh, and we feel that need for that acceptance in those friend groups, um, that might force us to make some decisions that aren't in line with our faith, aren't in line with our values. It might force us to compromise ourselves. 
and do something that we might not want to do uh, to gain that acceptance with those groups of friends. And that for me was something I easily could have done that night if I just wanted to fit in. And I remember thinking uh, and thanking God just that he had put these amazing friends in my life that were able to, to, to lead me into a deeper faith a deeper relationship with God, and that I could count on to be there for me, that had my back in these, in these troublesome moments. But I remember thinking, what if I didn't have those friends? Like, what if the need for acceptance, the need for friends, drove me so hard that I went to a dark place? I don't know. But I do know that all of us want good friendships, right? We all want to be accepted. We all want to be valued. God made us to be these relational people and made us so that uh, we would love each other. That's why you see so often in throughout scripture this command to love because we're supposed to be relational. We're supposed to be in good relationships. But the problem that we face is not all friendships are good relationships. Not all friendships are good friendships. And we need wisdom in order to navigate our friendship relationships if we want to stay on track with our faith. And so for the past few weeks, we've been going through this series called YOLO, which means you only live once, a study of Proverbs, because Proverbs is all about gaining wisdom. And so far, that's looked like uh, speaking life to other people. That's looked like uh, establishing wealth in a godly way. That's looked like uh, controlling your anger and working diligently. And we strongly believe that when we read Proverbs, we gain the wisdom to make good decisions in our life. And those good decisions lead to a better life. And so throughout Proverbs, we've been looking at how do we get wisdom for these practical areas of our life. And today we're gonna to be looking at the importance of wisdom and friendship. And my takeaway for the day is friendship determines our direction in life. All right, friendship determines our direction in life. That is the people that we surround ourselves with have such a tremendous influence on our lives that they influence the way that we act, the words we speak, uh, whatever we do, but especially the person that we become. Right? And we need to understand, though, from the, from the beginning that that influence can be either good or bad. And that's where we need the wisdom to choose the good friends. And I get this from Proverbs 13, 20. It says this, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs is saying, hey, you want to be wise? It's simple. You just put wise people into your life. You just surround yourself with wise people and you will become wise like them. All right, throughout Proverbs, wise people are described of people that have this deep, vibrant love for God. And they make decisions in life aligned with their faith. That what is what wisdom is in Proverbs, is they love God, and so they want their life to match that faith in God, and so they have the wisdom to choose how to navigate life in line with that faith. And Proverbs is saying when we surround ourselves with these people, they not only keep us grounded in our faith, but they make sure that we grow in our faith as well. 
And that's the kind of friendship that we want. That, uh, are the kind of, those are the kind of friends we want to determine our, our direction in life. But Solomon warns us that if we are not careful to choose wise friends, we can easily find ourselves in a with a companion of fools that comes to harm. And that's the danger. This verse shows us there are consequences to our friendships. But the question that Proverbs forces us to ask ourselves is this, what are my friendships all about? What are they about? Do they have any substance to them? Do they have any depth to them? Do they make me a better person, a wiser person, someone that has a deeper relationship with God? Or do they influence me into more sinful patterns of thinking and behavior? Or are they just about nothing? But Proverbs will say, either way, we are heavily influenced by their actions and their words and their decisions. And that shapes the way we think about ourselves. And it changes the, the person we become into the future. Uh, this guy named Tom Rath, who's with the Gallup organization, did some in-depth research on friendship and found some surprising statistics. He found this one, uh, which I think is super interesting. He said, if your best friend eats healthily, you are five times more likely to have a healthy diet yourself. All right, that's interesting. He also says that, that married people say friendship is more than five times as important as physical intimacy within marriage. He also found that those who say that they have no real friends at work only have a one in 12 chance of feeling engaged in their job. But if you have a best friend at work, you are seven times more likely to feel engaged in your job. And what do we see from this? We see that friends heavily influence our behavior. They heavily influence our behavior. Their decisions influence our decisions to the effect that when they eat healthy, we see the wisdom in that, we see the benefit in that, and we say, you know what? I wanna eat healthy too. I see it's working for you, I want it to work for me too. Or we see them working hard, we see the wisdom in that, we see the benefit in that, and we wanna do it too. We say, hey, you're engaged with your job? That looks wonderful. You look like you're enjoying life instead of hating your life at work, and I wanna be that, that person too. Friendship heavily influences us and our direction and our behavior. So the importance that we see in Proverbs is we need wise friends those that love God deeply, that have this rich relationship with God and are able to navigate life with that wisdom. We need friends like that because then we see that benefit. We see how it's done. And then we're able to take that and say, I can do it too. I can do that too. And it works both ways, right? We can pass that same wisdom down to other people. But we also recognize in real life, it's not always that easy, right? You know, this sounds really great and ideal, but it's not like people are going around uh, with the word wise written on their face. It's not always easy to tell who these kind of people are. What do they look like? What do they dress like? What do they act like? Right? So how do we make sure we're picking good, wise friends when we're choosing who to invest our time and energy with? 
In Proverbs, uh, from Proverbs, actually, I, I looked and saw four essential characteristics. And there's probably more in Proverbs, but I thought four was, was good for today. Uh, you can find more the more you read. Uh, but what I first saw is that friends love. And that's probably not a very surprising thing to start off with, but we have to start there because love is the most essential characteristic of a friendship. In fact, Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times. All right, a friend loves at all times. And though love might seem simple and though we talk about it pretty often as believers, the love that scripture talks about is the highest form of love possible. It's a love that places your friend's needs far above your own needs. Where you're looking out and saying, what do they need? How can I give them what you need instead of how can I gain from this? How can I get? How can I take? You're looking to give in all situations. You're looking out for their needs. It's a love that is gracious, a love that is humble. And in fact, it's a love very similar to that that God shows us where it's there at all times, no matter what we do, no matter uh, how badly we mess up, that friend's there for us. And there's no conditions attached to it, right? There's no, nothing we can do to, to lose that love. That is the friendship love that Proverbs wants us to have with each other. But in this same proverb, 1717, we also see that loving friends show loyalty, right? A friend loves at all times, right? Emphasis on the all times. Uh, love and loyalty often go hand in hand, right? Good friends stick with us throughout the craziness of life. Unlike the story that Jesus tells in the gospels about the prodigal son, right? Here's a guy who, who takes his father's inheritance. He gets all this money. He's like, I'm just going to live it up. He goes to another country. He spins wildly. And people notice that. And like, oh, man, he's spending money on everybody around him. I want to get in that inner circle. And they get in that inner circle. He spends money on them. He buys them whatever he want, they want. But pretty soon, that money runs dry. And when that money's gone, those friends are gone too. They were there from when he was rich. When he lost all that money, they were nowhere to be found. But a true friend sticks with you. They're loyal. No matter how successful you are, no matter how much of a failure you are, they're there with you. They have your back. And they want to help you along in life. Uh, Jesus says of love and friendship in John 15, uh, and I've always loved this verse, but he says this, he says, this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. All right, no one has greater love than this, that one, someone would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is saying in this verse, that we're supposed to love each other. And then he says, the greatest form of love is laying down your life. And then Jesus himself shows us this love by going to the cross for our sins, by giving up his own life for us. That's the kind of sacrifice Jesus wants us to demonstrate for our friends. 
And it's almost equivocal with love in the New Testament. It's the essential action of love that we sacrifice ourselves for our friends. And it might never come to uh, the opportunity for you to sacrifice your, your physical life, right? That might never happen for you. Probability, it's not gonna happen for you. But there are plenty of other ways to sacrifice for the friends in your life, right? We got uh, time is a major resource of ours. Our, our energy day by day is a major resource of ours. Our money is even a resource that uh, we can use. All of these things can be used to sacrifice, to be given, to show the love that we have for our friend. I remember uh, for a number of years, Savannah, my wife Savannah and I, uh, you probably remember her, she was just up here singing, uh, but uh, her and I were in this great friend group. Uh, and this friend group uh, would meet on Tuesday nights to, for dinner to hang out and then study scripture together. And I had been friends with these guys and girls since college. We had, we had developed deep bonds. Um, but one night I was out of town on this mission trip and Savannah calls me and I remember thinking, this is such a strange thing. She would not call me at this time because she knows I'm busy and I know she's supposed to be busy. So I answer it, I'm like, what is up? And she's, she's calling me, she's crying. And she explains that our dog Winnie had just been hit by this truck going 35 miles an hour down, down a road when we were at, she was at that Tuesday night that gathering. And even in this horrible situation where we're fearing for the life of our dog, uh, we saw some sacrifices that our friends made as they gathered around us and protected us and were there for us and comforted us. We saw one girl run into traffic to gather up this poor dog that had just been hit so she wouldn't come to any more harm and just scooped her up and she said, you know, I got no time to, to, to deal with any of the, uh, anything else. I got to get this dog to the emergency room. She jumps in a car, she's gone. And she's like, you just got, you, you meet me there whenever you can. And we saw another friend get Savannah, drive her up there, sit with her in the emergency room, uh, you know, just be a comforting presence to her while she was there. Uh, another friend entirely said, you know what, these people, they're gonna be hungry, they haven't eaten dinner yet. And he went and got some food and just brought it back and said, hey, this is, this is what I can do in this situation, this is what I'm gonna do. He gives food and he's there too. And then afterwards, after all this is over, one friend even offered to pay for some of that emergency room visit. They offered their financial assistance. And this meant so much to Savannah at the time, she actually had the opportunity to take this picture of our friend group, right? And you can see Alex on the left isn't quite matching the vibe of an emergency room visit, but at least she's happy to be there, right? But here are a group of friends that showed us the meaning of sacrifice and were there in our time of need to fill it with their time, energy, and their money. And that's the sacrifice of a friend. And guys, Winnie turned out to be all right. She's still alive and barking and kicking to this day. So no worries there. Um, so that is the kind of sacrifice that we want to see in a friend. The fourth characteristic of a good friendship is honesty. Proverbs 27 says, faithful are the words of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And it feels contradictory, right? Like, aren't friends supposed to kiss you? Aren't enemies supposed to wound you? Why does he flip them around here? But Solomon's point is that enemies, while they do and say things on the surface that look and feel good, their intentions are evil. Whereas a friend, while they might seem to hurt you, that honesty 
in that moment leads to the betterment of our lives, right? Because that's what wounds are in this verse, is a friend is telling you what's wrong with your life. They're calling you out where you're going wrong and saying, hey man, I love you, but I'm seeing some sin problems in your life and you need to deal with them. And that can hurt us, right? That wounds us in the short term because nobody likes to be called out for their sins. Nobody wants their weaknesses exposed to the rest of the world. But this person has the courage to step out there and say, yeah, I'm seeing this in your life. You got to deal with it. And I'm here to help you while you do. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He's a German theologian around World War II. He said, nothing can be more cruel than the leniency which abandons others to their sin. Nothing can be more compassionate than the severe reprimand which calls another Christian in one's community back from the path of sin. And what we see is that good friends have the courage to hurt us in order to help us. Right? They hurt us in order to help us. And so we see four characteristics. We see love, loyalty, sacrifice, honesty. These characteristics make great friends. And when we find friends with these characteristics, we do well in life and they lead us in a great direction. But Proverbs also gives us two warnings to consider, right? Because uh, there, there are definitely other ones in the book of Proverbs, but here's two to focus on today. The first has to do with bad character, friends with bad character. And we see this in Proverbs 22. It says, don't make friends with an angry man and don't be a companion to a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. And what it's saying is, hey, if you become friends with an angry dude, you will learn his ways or uh, you will replicate his ways and you're gonna fall into the same problems that he did, right? Because uh, why, is that, why is that so? Because when we surround ourselves with our friends, we absolutely, inevitably will start to replicate their characteristics. And for this guy, he replicated his anger and that led him to problems, all right? And here, anger is highlighted, but is not the only negative characteristic that we see in Proverbs. And Paul will even say in 1 Corinthians that bad company corrupts good character. And what we see is, hey, bad character is gonna rub off on you. And if you're not wise to see that character in people, then you're gonna be influenced for the negative. And you're gonna be headed off in a direction you don't wanna go. So be mindful and evaluate that character. The second has to do with quantity, right? The number of friends you have. Proverbs 18 says, a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. And what this proverb shows us is the foolishness and indiscriminately choosing friends, right? It's assumed this guy is just becoming friends with everybody, with anybody. He's saying, hey, let's be friends, let's be friends, let's be friends. He's the extreme extrovert. Uh, and what he's not doing is being mindful and wise and choosing good friends that will influence him for the better. He's saying, hey, you're just a person. Let's be friends. I'm good with it. Let's go. Having too many friends can lead to harm as Proverbs says. And I'm thinking back to the story of Allen Iverson, one of the best NBA basketball players of all time. I mean, the guy was just magic with a basketball. And over the course of his career, he had amassed $160 million fortune. All right, this massive fortune. But uh, as his wealth grew, so did his friend group. 
And it said at times his massive entourage sometimes included up to 50 guys. And he would make sure these guys were suited up in the best suits, had the best jewelry, had the best cars, uh, boats, houses, whatever they wanted, they got it. And quickly that $160 million fortune was drained. A man of many companions may come to ruin. And we saw his money resource was drained because of his friends. And I'm guessing that you guys, you don't have $160 million, but your greatest resource is your time, right? Your greatest resource is your energy. And when you got too many friends in your life, you are spread so thin across your time and energy that you can't invest in the right ways in each one of them. You're just spread so thin that you can't have an impact. So, how do we apply all this to our lives? Well, I want you to spend some time this week in evaluation, thinking about yourself and your friendships. So here's four things you need to do if you wanna walk with wise friends. First, you need to evaluate yourself. All right, one of the most important things you can do is first turn that magnifying glass on your own person and start asking the questions, hey, am I the kind of person that makes a good companion? Am I the kind of person that makes up a wise friend? Are are people benefited from being a friend with me? Or do I infect them with my own character? And all these are good questions to ask in evaluating yourself. But every day this week, hey, make it a priority to being a better friend, to cultivating the love that cannot be erased, that cannot be lost, cultivating that loyalty that sticks with a friend through all circumstances, cultivating that sacrifice, cultivating that honesty. And you become a great friend as well. Andy Stanley says this about dating, But I actually think the same can be true as for friends as well. He said, be the person who the person you are looking for is looking for, all right? So that can be a little confusing. What he's saying is, hey, there's a dream person that you're looking for out there. And if you want to get with that person, you gotta be that person, right? Because a good character attracts a good relationship. And the same works for friends. If you want good friendships, you gotta be a good friend first. Because nobody's going to be friends with that angry man. No friend, nobody's going to be friends with someone that's got infected character because they don't want to be replicated in that. All right? So you've got to turn it on yourself first and ask yourself those hard questions and be honest with yourself. Am I really a good friend? Second, you need to evaluate the quantity of your friendships. Say, hey, do I have too many friends? Do I stretch myself out too thin? I can't invest in each one of my friendships. Am I really able to pour out to a few people? and develop those relationships. Thomas Fuller said, there's a scarcity of friendship, but not a friend, right? That sounds interesting. There's a scarcity of friendship, but not a friend. And what he's saying is, hey, in our culture, we're really quick to build up these relationships and call them friendships. We got a great quantity of friends, but the depth of the real true friendship is missing. And I think this is especially true on social media where we got friends, we got followers in the hundreds and the thousands. But there's little to no depth behind those relationships. So my encouragement is pick a few good, wise, godly friends and find ways to invest in those relationships. 
And if you're thinking to yourself, you know, Ben, I don't, I don't even know if I have any friends. Like, I'm not worried about having too many. I'm just worried about having any at all. Like, I'm not getting anything on the friendship side. So what do I do? Right? And, I, and I've realized as an adult, it is way harder forming friendships than when you were kids. Right? When you were kids, you got a bicycle, you lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, that was it. Right? You were friends. Like, that, was, that was the formula. Or you went to the same school, you were in the same class, boom, you're friends. As adults, it's a lot more difficult. In fact, it came across this tweet, which I thought was funny, and it says this. It says, nobody talks about Jesus' miracle of having 12 close friends in his 30s, right? Because that sounds impossible. Because good friends are hard to find. But I, I promise you, they will always be worth the investment. They'll always be worth the pain and looking and in finding. So if you don't, if you feel right now that you don't have any good friendships in your life, that you don't have anyone to grow with, man, I, I just, I encourage you to just invest your time here at the Ridge. Get involved with the church community and you will definitely find these friendships. Like our explicit purpose as a church is to lead you into a growing relationship with God and others. Our, uh, we explicitly build communities so that people can find good friendships. So I'd encourage you, get involved here. You're gonna make good friends. Third, you need to evaluate the quality of your friends. Do any of my friendships have purpose? Are they leading me the right direction? Uh, are they leading me to grow in a relationship with God? And I know some people are thinking, Ben, are you, are you saying I can't be friends with non-believers? Because that's like the majority of my friend group. I got a few of them at least. I'm not saying that at all. Like, that is absolutely not true. You just need to analyze every relationship with wisdom and saying, what's the purpose behind this? What, what am I uh, developing here? And when you think about quality, one thing you need to look out for is uh, reciprocity. All right, that means when uh, you pour into your friends, they're pouring right back into you. It's give and it's a take. Right? It's not one-sided where you're just asking questions, you're giving them, you're giving them, and they're not giving anything back. And that friendship has a ceiling. It's only going so far. that it can't develop when it's only one way. But when you're getting together and you're asking each other these deep questions, getting to the really messy stuff of life, that's what forms a good friendship. And it goes both ways. And so if you aren't the kind of person that's been pouring into your friendships, you gotta look at your own self think hard about how am I going to pour into this guy? How am I going to pour into this girl? And make sure you got people doing that for you as well. All right, evaluate that quality. And then last, I'm going to say you need to put in the effort, right? You got to put in the effort to build these relationships. I've seen so many people say, I don't have any good friends in my life, but they're not doing anything about it. I think some expectation is just people, we just find people and they're just, oh, let's be friends. That's not how it works, unfortunately. Right, good friends start with you. And I remember when Savannah and I moved to West Virginia uh, a few years ago, two years ago, we came on staff here at this church and we had zero friends. Like we didn't know anybody in the state, uh, not even the states around the state, right? All, of, all the people we knew were in Texas. We come here, we don't have anybody. And we said, we need friends fast, right? We need a community if we wanna survive here, right? If we wanna grow in our relationships, if we want that, that, that community feel, if we want those friendships. And so we just got involved uh, with a small group here at the Ridge and it just so happened there were other young couples that were from out of state and we got along super well with them. And what we found there was the friendship that our heart needed. But it involved us taking that step 
and being vulnerable and being uh, transparent enough to begin those friendships, to step out of our comfort zone and into maybe a terrifying situation if you're introverted. <laughs> but uh, it was well worth it. It was so worth it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, there's gotta be some people that are listening to this talk and thinking, you know, I got good friends, I'm set up, I'm good. And I think if you're listening now, I'm just gonna encourage you, hey, if you are already set, maybe the challenge for you this week is that you should reach out to somebody else and show them the blessing of friendship. Reach out and encourage someone that might not have the same community that you do and really bless them this week. But I promise when you put in the effort, you start that journey of forming deep, intentional, godly friendships that leads you in the right direction in life. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for the way that you've loved us first and sending your son to die for us on a cross. You showed us the meaning of sacrifice. You showed us the true meaning of friendship. And your love still inspires us today to be good friends to our friends. And we just encourage that you would, you would help us form the wisdom needed to be great friends and in choosing good friends. We pray for that, that love that would grow in our hearts. We pray that loyalty would just grow in our relationships. We pray for that sacrifice that we'd have opportunities and we'd take them in our life and we pray for that honesty and the courage to reach out and call people out if they need it. But God, we're so thankful for the people you put in our lives. And we're so thankful you have blessed us so much uh, through them. We just pray that we would be a blessing to them as well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.